in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. Nothing, uh, beautiful summer day here in the Scranton area of Pennsylvania. It was pouring earlier. It was, but you love rain, so it's I, good for, good enough for you. Dude, there's nothing I love more than fucking rain. You are Kazuchika Okada. No, if I, I wish I could make rain. If I can make rain in, like, multiple ways, I wish I could make it rain, like, money-wise and fucking precipitation-wise. That's, that's, so you want to be God. Du- duly duly I noted. I don't think God cares about money. Duly noted. <laughs> Did you, did you go to church recently? You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> they I ha- want, I have they want that offer plate stacked. Although I haven't either, so I don't really don't know. But uh, as Montez said, God is good. But yeah, it's a, we're in June somehow. I feel like yesterday was March. And then just three months of bad things. This year just fucking sucks. It's awful. Yeah, bad things. Uh, I officially have been out of work for over two months now and i'm going out of my goddamn mind i'm on i've this is week number 20 of my shitty work schedule it was supposed to be two to four weeks we're on week number 20 <laughs> i feel i feel like yesterday was march and now we're back here but wrestling powers on my friend it does and we were both surprised maybe not surprised but shocked and are just couldn't be more thrilled at the in- announcement that came out of uh, the, the house of the rising sun I think we're having an interesting, interesting discussion about that, and you're probably going to get angry. But that's what happens every week, no matter what. Yeah, but I'm going to go I'm gonna go after your beloved New York territory a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but you'll be all fancy. Not really. It's just... I don't know. We'll talk to it. Because we'll t- it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. You don't even know what the comparison I'm making is yet. No, I don't even know. You haven't talked to me once about it yet. But it's not apples-to-apples, so I don't know how entirely fair it is. But I definitely think it, it, it has to be talked about, so... We're going to talk a little bit about New Japan's return. Um, we have a pay-per-view to review. Uh, of course, the war report. The results of the... Uh, the I, almost said, I almost said the E word. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight for the Mean Guy class. Would you rather be sued by the NCAA or Tarantino? I feel like Tarantino would just kill us. <laughs> Fair enough. Put me out of my like, misery I, 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 I mean, I've been trying to get swings at Mark Emmer for a while, but I think Tarantino would just kill us. Yeah, probably. Uh, and we have... The greatest pay-per-view of all time, Backlash 2018 coming up. No, I'm sorry. Backlash 2020 coming was up that, this Was Sunday. that intentional or not? Yes. Okay. Because yes. that was lame. Yeah, I'm a lame person. Yeah. I'm a lame duck. But, so, right after this, we will talk about some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Tony, cue the music. You're a lame hen in a pumpkin. Dear God. So, in a press conference following Raw is Charlotte Flair on Monday, New Japan announced that they would be returning on Monday the 15th with a special New Year's Dash-style surprise card where the card will not be announced until the show. And then the following day on the 16th, the New Japan Cup starts and it will conclude on day one of a two-day Dominion this year at both uh, events in Osaka Joe Hall. With, is Dominion always at Osaka, Joe? Uh, the, the last, not like, it hasn't always been, but like the last 
five, six years yeah. it has been. Okay, yeah. that, that was my question. Yeah. yeah. In our in our New Japan watching life. Yes, yes. Um, and the big news is that those two shows in Osaka will have a 33% uh, audience. So New Japan's going to be the first company back in front of real-life people. And those people better be with it. So the the comparison that I kind of teased uh, prior to the intro was, well, I guess during the intro I teased it. Um, New Japan did everything the the right way. And I know the excuse a lot of people have been making is that WWE is publicly traded. But New Japan is also publicly traded. And they did not have to fire a single person. And they stuck up for all the other wrestling organizations in Japan. And the karma has came back, and they're going to be the first show back with fans. So, what do you make of it? I am, as a fan, personally thrilled I get to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah? I missed New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've been actually watching some New Japan in between. I watched the unbelievable uh, uh, Okada Omega 3 after we talked about it on Sunday. Uh, I watched uh, some Jumon Climax stuff. I watched uh, Archer and Osprey from... I want to say two years ago. No, it was last year. Was it, it was last year? It was in Dallas. Last year seems like two years ago. It, fair is that, enough. Is that no, fair yeah, enough? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Also, also, so does March. Like, I was watching Evolution the other day, and that felt like it was eight years ago, but it was not even two years ago yet. No, we were... I love that show. October 2018. I, I absolutely love that show. I love the Battle Royal. Top to bottom, that show was awesome. But, and I'm so happy we go right into tournaments, which is what they do best. I I'm are you gonna uh, are you gonna well you'll be up well, you'll be working so yeah. you'll you'll be able to watch the card and I'm assuming sending me some text through it so I can wake up to things although you send me things that anger me well, I don't know do you want spoilers I don't like spoiling things for people who don't want spoilers yeah give me spoilers give me all the spoilers but so we're not gonna go through the entire sixteen match first round bracket but although I do have to say this came back right after the mean guy Casa came out so I think we're getting some steam here um but. I don't know. I feel like we're both going to say the same matches. I don't know who gets to go first, but what are some of the matches you're excited about in this first round? As I Well, we'll save the match we're both excited about to last. Yeah. And um, we both know what that is. But uh, There's a couple that stand out to me, I think. Abushi and Sabre Jr. That's obvious. That's an obvious one. Nagata, Suzuki. Really interested to see how Okada and Gato goes. Yeah. Uh, will we see another softest chair shot ever? Or will... <laughs> I feel like it's just going to be an Okada massacre, which yeah. is probably what it should be. Ishii and El Desperado will be pretty good. I think Gabriel Kidd and Ishimori will be a sleeper. Um, and now, the, the, I'm very, ex- very excited for Sho and Shingo. Oh my god, yeah. That, that's that's going to be That's the match of the first round for me. Yeah. Uh, Shingo is, we're both big fans of Shingo. He is a square and a dragon. He's a, ref- he's a refrigerator. He is. He's Actually, uh, he's a freezer. Ishii is the fridge and he's the freezer. And Sho, and Sho is phenomenal. Show is fucking jacked. Show is huge, better, much better than Yo. So I can't wait to see that match. It's it's mean guy. It's mean. It's the junior mean guy championship. I think. And well, Shingo's a heavyweight now. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, who do you got in the finals, and who do you think is winning? Oh yeah, we should mention that um, this tournament was originally supposed to be a heavyweight tournament. Obviously, like the New Japan Cup always is, but due to travel restrictions, guys like Osprey. Juice Robinson, Jay White, none of them can get to Japan to compete in this thing. So they decided to make an open weight tournament. They're both juniors and heavyweights in this tournament. Um, this is kind of a cop out answer, but I think whoever wins Abushi and Saber is going to end up winning the whole thing. I'm uh, going Sonata. I'm going Saber. 
I'm um, going Sonata beats Sonata beats uh Okada in the finals. Hmm. But going back to your going back to your comparison, I don't think I don't think it's apples to apples. Oh, it's re- it's not. It's it's I think it's two very very different things. I think they're more I think they're more MLB NBA than WWE is. Not even in style, just as it's accepted in their own country. If that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. But I just think WWE has departments that are bigger than entire wrestling promotions. Do you know who the fucking parent company of New Japan is? They're a fucking massive company. No, I don't know who the parent company is. Bushi Road. Oh, are they? Yes. Oh, I knew that. You know what? I did know that. I did know that. Bushi Road office is back. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I think it's apples. it's apples to oranges. I don't think it's the same thing remotely. Uh, especially when you have guys flying into to New Japan. I, I don't know. Bushi Road Inc. is currently trading for two thousand five hundred and fifteen yen a share. That's like three dollars a share. Is it? I don't know. That's like twenty dollars a share. Yeah, I think it's like twenty. Because like, what was our what was our? Because uh, a thousand is ten, I think. Uh, nine hundred and it's it's like nine eighty. Oh, when I uh, when I when I pay for New Japan and it's yeah. nine hundred ninety nine yen. That's right. Yeah. So uh, so it's like twenty twenty some bucks a share. So any who's a surprise out of this? Do you think? Uh, you would say that as soon as I go to the fucking stock info. Oh, you... I'm sorry. I am. All right, I got back up. Yoshihashi. Um, you're not gonna get me mad today. That's I'm already mad enough about just life. Um, <laughs> who can I see making a run? I mean, Ishii always makes runs in these deals. Feels like he never wins them, but he always makes a good run. I could see an Okada Ishii semifinal. Yeah. Um, God, so the winner of Ibushi and Zack Sabre's got to face Tanahashi unless Taichi pulls off a fucking shock, <laughs> which is possible. I mean, yeah. oh, but Kota, Kota and Tanahashi are the tag champs, so they might do tag champ versus tag champ second round. Because I kind of, I don't know. So you, well, I just got a phone call as I'm looking shit up. But um, anyway, I can see, I can see Evil making a little run. Yeah, Evil will probably make a run. Because um, evil, evil will get, I mean, you Takahashi and Go, I'm assuming Godo's Godo's going to win that match. That would be. I think and then evil Godo and evil goes over Godo, and then that would leave him to the uh, the semifinals. So you really think you, do you think they're going to do Sonata and uh, Naito? At I'm just going to continue picking the Sonatas until they fuck it until they do it. I mean, the last five New Japan tournaments, I've picked Sonata, and I'm just going to keep picking them. Sonata is the only member of LIJ without any gold. Yeah. So. No, it makes sense. Like, Could you imagine the Evil Sonata final? That's impossible on the same side of the bracket. Well, no, I mean Evil, evil Sonata semifinal. That's what I meant. I could see it. For that bracket. Uh, Sonata beats, I don't know, either yeah. Hiromu or Okada in the finals. I could see. I wonder. I wonder how far Hiromu is going to go, because Hiromu he'll have he'll have uh, Hanma. Is he the current junior champion? He is. Okay. Because he'll have Hanma in the first round. I presume he'll win. Then he'll either have Yano or Jado. I win. I don't know. They love they love these Yano deep tournament runs. He always picks up a hilarious win. Um, but yeah, I could see. I could see Hiromu in in the quarters at least. A lot of new talent. Yeah, the, the the aspect of making it open weight is like very interesting. 
because, like, I could see a junior making a run. I don't think a junior will. Although they did, Naito really wants to face um, Hiromu. They're supposed to wrestle at the anniversary show, and it obviously didn't happen. So maybe Hiromu fucking pulls off the fucking upset of the century. I don't know. There's there's definitely possibilities. Yeah, it is. Like, if Osprey's in there, think about it. You got to think that Kojima's not. You got to think that Hiromu's not. Oh, yeah. If, 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 yeah, you know, there's no juniors in this tournament if yeah. everyone's able to fucking. Yeah, that's true. So it gives, it gives them a shot line, a spotlight to shine. And I'm just so GD happy that New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. Yeah, it's definitely a, a welcome surprise. And, um, what do you make of them, uh, allowed to be in front of a real audience what do you make of that i mean if it's safe do it i guess i don't exactly know the uh what the virus is like over there right now i'm not going to pretend to be a, a virus expert mainly because I, I just don't know what their numbers are i don't know what the, i don't know what japan's numbers were at the peak so i just i i feel like if they can they shut down so i don't think they're going to go from being the safest to completely not safe so if there's numbers to support it, I'm okay with it. I guess we have to move that. We have to move in that direction eventually. So if they go a third audience, and and then all elite and WWE can do it. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because um, there are like Texas said that you could have. Uh, I think it's like twenty five percent of fans at sporting events, and neither WWE or AEW has jumped at that, which is kind of nice because I. I I, I feel like as soon as I felt like as soon as WWE got the okay to be in front of real people, they'd go for it just because that's how they are, and they surprisingly haven't. So I'm kind of happy about that because I don't know, man. There our our country's like spiking all over the place again. Like, oh yeah, well, uh, yeah. There's a uh, and we don't even know what like the result of the protests yes, are going to be. No, it's going to be another two weeks. But, that that will probably start but, hitting at the end of this week. But we're getting we're getting the Memorial Day spikes yeah. now, and yeah. Uh, towards the end of this week, we'll start seeing, I think, the, the protest numbers. And Montage, the water park's opening back up, like, in a couple weeks. Water parks are gross the way it is. <laughs> and I love them. I honestly love water parks. I love Camel Beach. It's a local water park. They have the greatest ride in history. The Vortex. But, uh, I just, yeah, I mean, we have to see. It's, 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 this this uh, virus is so still so goddamn new that we don't know what it's going to like in two months, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, we don't know. I, and I don't think they know either. I mean, I think it's okay to be optimistic and say soon. People really drag Triple H for that. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, WrestleVotes uh, said that there will be fans back before 2021. I think that's a fair, that's a fair statement. And that's like coming directly from someone backstage. So it seemed, and like the rumors are that the rumor that's floating out there that they're willing to push SummerSlam to September to have fans. So it seems like. They're starting to get a little antsy, so. I mean, no, I don't know if you want to say antsy or, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants fans. That's not a, nobody's out there saying we should wrestle be, uh, without fans. I just think if it's possible, they're going to do it. So they're kind of trying to give themselves that time to do it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the, that's more of it than anything. But good on New Japan. They did it the right way from the start, and I'm glad they're back. I miss that style of wrestling. Yeah, as am I. Um, it's going to be a fun week. Uh, like I said, starting the 15th with, uh, that mystery card. So I'm going to be intrigued who they pull out of there. Um, and yeah, New Japan Cup. So it's going to be interesting to see what their schedule is like for the, for the summer. I know they already canceled their July tour. So 
it seems like even though they're running back up, they're still taking things step by step. I'm hopeful we still get the G1 in September. That's, but who knows if who knows the big thing is when's the travel ban going to be lifted? So yeah, that these, is the big thing. All these, in, like think about it because if, if it's not, it's the same field. Yeah. That's in the G1. And yeah. And I'm the, sorry. I like Jotto, but he shouldn't be in the goddamn G1. G1 would probably have to also be open weight, which would be yeah. different. Although, um, I forget who proposed the idea, but someone someone suggested that since Best of Super Juniors got canceled, like we do the G1 and the Best of Super Juniors like at the same time. It's like the undercard be five Super Junior matches and the, the main card be five G1 matches. That would be fucking heat. That would be insanity. So, hopefully, we could get that. It's there's a lot of options. And like to be honest, I'm very confused about this travel ban because I didn't know ours with Canada got ri- got lifted. But uh, Stu and old uh, Uno showed up on AEW. So I don't know if TK pulled some strings or if people are just allowed to go to Canada again. I'm honestly don't know. But I I don't, I don't know. Either. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I, there's been so much. Goddamn I mean, we know news. we know WWE got Brock to America somehow for Mania. So I'm sure. Rich people have influence and are able to pull some strings, so it could have been that. Mm-hmm. It could have been, or the band could be lifted for all I know. I don't know. I feel like I would have seen that somewhere though. Yeah, that's like I, I, that's, fo- I follow the news, and uh, that would have popped up on our Twitter timeline somewhere that yeah. that the band was lifted. So TK probably, you know, just flew in the private jet, pulled some strings, and got those guys to to Jacksonville. Um, Imagine wasting a private jet on those fucking. Stop days. it! I know, honestly, they're. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they're important to the Dark Order. Yes, they are. Like, without them, it's Brody Lee, 10 with a broken arm, and a bunch of geeks, and Alan Angels, who's now 5. How? Why is he 5? Wasn't there... I thought 10 was 10 because he's the 10th guy, but now Alan Angels is 5. What the fuck? He's a Dark Angel. He's the 5th Angel is the Dark Angel. I mean, he did survive a V-Trigger from Omega, which infuriated you. That's probably why he got a spot in the Dark Order. The yeah. Impact. Brody Lee was impressed. Yeah, so apparently the board is still closed, so. So TK probably pulled them strings. Yeah, had to. Right now the board is still closed. I mean, you know Vince did it with Brock somehow, so it's yeah. possible. Well, I think some of Brock's party, some of Brock's property is on America. I think he lives in Canada, though. Yeah, no, I think he lives on the border. I don't know, though. I think he lives in, like, Manitoba. He's a grown-ass Manitoba. Which is also where Jericho's from. He's from Winnipeg, you idiot. Where's Winnipeg in? Manitoba. There you go. Well, no, is Manitoba in Winnipeg or is Winnipeg no, in Manitoba? Winnipeg's in Manitoba. Manitoba the province? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy those countries like that. Why? I don't know. Would you rather fucking state? Yeah. Why? We're not even a state. We're a commonwealth. That's but stupid. But we're a state. We're a commonwealth. We're not the state of Pennsylvania. We're the commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Goddamn fucking right we are. Okay, so up next we'll be talking about the NXT pay-per-view from, from last Sunday. NXT in your house, and some good and maybe some bad to say about it. What do you think? I think I'm definitely have some bad to say. Mostly good. I I like the show, but there's a match in particular that I'm gonna. I don't want to say rip into. It's just I. Bleh. Yeah, that's exactly. It's the same match, the same with me. So stick around. We'll talk some takeover in your house. The good, the bad, the ugly. So stay tuned. NXT takeover in your house. It was the 29th NXT TakeOver and the 28th in your house. So almost, if they had one more in your house back, the day, back in the day, they could have matched it up perfectly. Yes, that would have been amazing. But 29th TakeOver, 28th in your house. Um, the attendance was zero. Kinda. 
Kind of. The attendance was kind of zero. The paid attendance was zero. The real attendance was geeks. There's um, a plethora of geeks and Stoke. The girl Stoke. So the opener. A six-woman tag team match went nine minutes and 50 seconds. Before we get to the opener, fucking bravo on the old graphics, Pet and Gill included. Uh, I thought... I thought you were going to mention the musical performance. I'm like, there's a reason I skipped past that. <laughs> no, the old graphics, the in-your-house graphics, with the kind of the in-your-house set. A modernized version. Yeah, it, it looked great. It I'm did. Not, it, no, I'm no, not no, I'm not, say not, I'm not knocking it. It just wasn't the same it one. It was a modernized version. Yeah, it was, it was uh, they had the ring doorbell, which I utilized later, which I thought was great. Yeah, that was. Uh, and apparently, it was Johnny Gargano's house. That's whose house we were in. Yeah, there's a picture of Doc Hendricks just on the wall. Did you notice what he? Did you notice what he did before he walked out? No. He turned the thermostat down to sixty nine. Yeah, he did because he's amazing. He's the greatest person ever. <laughs> turned the thermostat down to sixty nine. That's a bad heel, though. That's a great heel. <laughs> but because uh, he probably thought it was so fucking funny, and it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> but it was. Uh, yeah, so apparently it was Johnny Gargano's house, uh, Todd Pettengill included. I think that's like one deep metaphor, because NXT is Johnny Gargano's house. Yes, that's, that, that, that might very, be. It's a deep metaphor. It might be. It might be. It might be. Now him and Chomp will be fighting over the house in, in court. Uh, Chomp, Chomp got washed, son. I don't think Chomp is fighting over anything. Uh, I mean, yeah. Except Randy Orton. <laughs> Yikes. But I think that if you're going to do this, it had to be that way. And I will say, like... Todd Pettengill looks somehow younger now than he did 20 years ago. WWE loves their nostalgia. If you're going to do nostalgia, this is the way to do nostalgia. Don't fucking bring back Goldberg for a fucking Saudi show. Don't fucking, don't fucking have all these old heads fucking wrestle. Yeah. If you want to do nostalgia... Bring back this the is, feeling. This is, yes, bring this is how feeling. you do nostalgia. It was the old school look. It was the old school feel. It was the old school presentation, but with the stars of tomorrow. Yes. Which is the way to do nostalgia. This was perfect. Until Code Orange came out. <laughs> and I know people like Code Orange. It's just not my musical preference. No, it's Triple H's though. So. I felt very uncomfortable watching it. I'm not going to lie. And then they went and joined the crowd. Hey, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Nice little rub. They, they made Bray's song, and that song's a yeah. banger. So, But, uh, yes, excellent opening. The Ico Pro commercial with Adam Cole was outstanding. I'm surprised you like it, because he's parodying Bret Hart. Well, he's better than Bret Hart in every single way, so. Yikes. But match opened with Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox versus... Is there, that the actual name of their faction? What? Heel Girl Squad? I tell, I, I did not... I was unaware they had a name. I, I think I, somebody called them Heel Girl Squad, and I think it might be their actual name. I didn't even know they were... I know, obviously, I knew Dakota and Raquel was a real yeah. thing. I didn't know Candice was... But this know. match was a great 10-minute match start. Yeah, I had zero expectations for this match, and it's nothing against the women in it. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of all six of these women, but I just, you know, like, when you were looking at this card, this is the one match you kind of, like, you kind of... It was the filler. You overlooked it. Yeah, it was the filler. But uh, this was great. I think Raquel Gonzalez gets better by the day, and Shotzi, Mia, and Tegan are, I think, are enjoyed together. And it continued the Tegan and Dakota Kai thing with, with uh, Raquel involved. Candice is the star of this match. Yeah, she's the best wrestler in the match. I'd probably say, and her new her new uh, poison pixie persona is excellent. I try saying that three times fast. Poison pixie persona, poison pixie persona, poison pixie persona. We'll never fucking mind. But uh, this match was great, and the baby faces got the win, which I was very surprised about. Yeah, Tegan got the pin on uh, Dakota, so good for her, and that's kind of surprising considering what they did with Dakota on Wednesday, which we get to later. But yeah, I liked it. It was a great opener. 
apparently Tegan and Shotzi Blackheart are like a regular tag team now because they have a tag title match next week. So, good for them. Tag team as on NXT? Yes. Yes, okay. I, I couldn't remember correctly. Yeah, they're facing the winners of the match at Backlash next Wednesday on NXT. Good for them. And, well, that, like... They, that's what they got to do with these NXT, the, with these WWE women's tag team titles. They promise they're going to defend them on all brands. Like, let's defend them on all brands here. Yep, so I'm in. Yeah. I mean, it was defended on NXT before, was it not? Once. Didn't Marina, didn't, didn't was, Marina and... Uh... No, it was it was uh, Team Kick, Dakota, oh, and, Dakota and, and Tegan against the uh, Kabuki Warriors. Ah, uh, yes. No, not enough gimmicks in that match. But... Uh, yeah, it was good. Not much to say about it. Other than that, it was a, a great opening match. And up next is, you know what? My match of the night. I was going between this match and the North American title match. Ultimately, I think I like the North American title match a little bit more, but this match was unbelievable. Um, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, went 13 minutes, 7 seconds. Um, so the first thing I noticed is, I don't know if this is just Morrow being Morrow, or if this was just... Finn, or if this was Finn's choice, but both of them are surprisingly hip-hop heads, so um, it could be either one of them, but they start referring to Balor's dropkick as the Meet the Woo dropkick, which is a shout-out to uh, Pop Smoke, not Wu-Tang Clan. I know. Pop Smoke. Rest in peace. Um, but I don't know if that was just Maro being Maro, or Finn actually changed the name of the move to the Meet the Woo dropkick. It could be either. It could be it either. Could, it really could be either, because both of them are like... Shockingly hip hop heads. Yeah, you look at them and no, Marl's like a boom bap head. It's weird. Like Marl's like straight up fucking Wu Tang. Uh, Finn Finn likes like Action Bronson. That's Finn, that's Finn's lane. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. That's what he likes. <laughs> that's funny to me. Um, but I was but what I liked was this match. Um, tell you what, I Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor was always like I always enjoyed watching him, but I think like him. Him and NXT, they got the complete package. I love the yeah. Damian Priest gimmick. He's huge. His fucking kicks are insane. Yeah. Him and Luchasaurus have, like, the best big man kicks. Yeah. Um, probably exactly the same size. Close. They're both big. Uh, but this match was very good. I know it was remembered for Damian Priest's ridiculous bump onto the oh. stairs. Which I don't think went the way it was supposed to go. I no, no way. To, not a chance. He was supposed to land flat on the steps, but... He didn't. He did not land flat <laughs> on the steps. He fucking Shawn Michaels himself, and I'm shocked he was walking. Yeah, uh, but even before that, they did some great shit on the apron. Yeah. They did some... Uh, they, uh, they're just, they think they're both excellent wrestlers. This match started a shotgun dropkick, which is the safest bet of the century. Meet the Woo dropkick. Meet the Woo dropkick, which was the uh, probably the safest bet of the century. But I think that... This was a really big showcase for Damian Priest. I know Triple H said after the fact that this was his breakout night, and I tend to agree with him. Yeah. Finn Balor is a chameleon. He could go in any. Finn Balor could have wrestled. In... And the dude's 38, so if you're going to have a breakout night, yeah. now's the time to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Shayna, but. Uh... Fair enough. I mean, look how it's worked out for her. Finn, yeah. Finn Balor. Finn Balor could have been in, in, in any position of this car, in, in this card, and he would be great, so. It was a good you know what's baffling? With? Finn Balor and Damian Priest are the same age, and like Damian Priest looks like fifty years older than him. Yeah, he does. But I think that this was a good thing. Finn wins because Finn always wins. Yeah, Finn. It's like weird. Like Finn, we were having this discussion off air, but like, I don't. He lost the he lost the title match to Cole because Gargano cost him, and that set up that feud. But he's 3-0 and at TakeOver since he came back to NXT. He beat Riddle. He beat Gargano. Now he beat Priest. But he kind of just feels like a guy. 
I mean, weird. But this whole thing got dismantled. I know like the, he was going I know the plan Walter. was him and Walter in Dublin, and Which, obviously, please, please, let's I mean, not I forget about that match. We're still gonna get that in October if shit is back to, <laughs> if shit is back to normal by then. Which who knows? Know. Who knows at this point? But it's just like I don't know. It's I feel like he's Finn Balor, so he's always gonna have that air of importance in him, especially in NXT where he was one of the building blocks to making NXT yeah, what it is now. Definitely one of the steps in the ladder. Um, this was his eleventh takeover win, which is baffling. He's only lost one to takeover, and that was his what we presume to be his last ever takeover. He lost to Joe in the cage. He's eleven and one at takeovers, which is basically the anti Gargano. <laughs> he is the anti Gargano. Yeah, in in many ways. Yes, but I real I love this match. Um, no, it was great. My match of the night. I'm excited to see where both guys go. Uh, Finn Balor seems to have his eyes on uh, on. Keith Lee and Damian Priest sucker punched Cameron Grimes. I don't think I could forgive him for that. <laughs> it's always Grime time. It's always Grime time. We'll talk about that later because I I loved that segment. He was chilling with the ladies. No, just he was like, take me to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love iPad Regal. He, he's fantastic. And up next, the hits keep coming. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah, so they shot this very cleverly where like the hype package to the match built right into Balor's entrance because the hype package was him in his house talking about Gargano's. yeah you said balor no i didn't yeah you did no i didn't let's do it later i'll edit it out <laughs> okay. so no i didn't but uh yes it would the hype package went right into johnny gargano staring at a picture of michael hayes doc turning hendrix. the thermostat doc hendrix it was not michael hayes <laughs> it was doc hendrix michael hayes's hair was never that short you're right and uh entering through the house and then 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 the match was on you know, I will say, I, I I don't think sticking a sharp object like a key down your trunks, like right where your deal is, I don't think it's the best strategy. No. It could have been comfortable. No way. No way it could have been comfortable. Unless he had like a sleek little pocket designed in those trunks. He might have. Apparently his gear was some Star Wars reference. I don't watch Star Wars. I don't know. Star Wars? Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to look at it again then. Yeah. You, I know you're a gear mark, but... How am I a gear mark? You love gear. What does that mean? I don't know. But this match was very Speaking good. Speaking of gear, Keith Lee had a great little message in his gear. Yes. Uh, Keith Lee with uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, spot on his gear, which was just awesome. Good for him. And then the match was on, and this match fucking ruled. This match was pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a Johnny Gargano takeover match. More near falls than you could count. Um, a lot of false finishes. Gargano uh, keyed the eye again. He took advantage of the injured hand. He did everything he could. He, I think he super kicked Keith Lee like six times in a row and still only got a two count every time. Um, but uh, Keith Lee eventually hit a spirit bomb and a big bang catastrophe and got the win. I This is my match of the night. This match was unbelievable. Um, I'm surprised Gargano didn't win. But uh, I think uh, that's future plans then. I don't know. I don't know, because it seems like they're completely moving away from this. I don't know, though, because... Unless we'll Johnny's talk... heel gimmick, he's just going to lose all the time. That was his baby That was also his baby gimmick. face gimmick, but... Yeah, I don't... Poor guy. I mean, he looks like he's having fun with this, so... No, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure he's... But this was great. This continued on into Wednesday, which we'll talk about, because I fucking loved it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, this... Unless they do a three-way... I mean, we already know when the next takeover is going to be. It's supposed to be in Boston in August, but that's pending, so... I don't know. We don't even know when the next takeover is going to be. I don't even think they know when the next takeover is going to be. Oh, no one knows. 
But this this match fucking ruled. It was the longest match on the card, and it should have been. Yeah, this kicked all the ass. I was a big fan of this match. Um, and then you hit the eight hitter of the lineup. Uh, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream in a last chance backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. Um, Adam Cole came out in a truck that says, "My dick is small." That was an obnoxious truck. A hilariously obnoxious truck. Yeah. And then Velveteen pulled up in a fucking... And they couldn't get a purple limo, so Velveteen came up in a yellow Lamborghini. That was better than... that. Apparently, he's dressed like someone from The Walking Dead, another show I don't watch. Yeah, I hate that show. He was dressed like Negan. Yeah, there you go. I don't... Like, when it comes to TV, yeah. I'm out of the loop with everything. He was dressed... Actually, he was dressed like Dave Chappelle making fun of Negan on Saturday Night Live. Well, you know. Yeah. But that's exactly... He was wearing the leather jacket. Yeah, and the scarf. And, and the scarf and the bat. Yeah. So, of course, he was a little stupid reference there. Um, but I just, I'm so sick of these alternate location matches. Like this match. I, I'm not sure if this was good or bad. I just didn't know. It was like just kind of there. It's a nothing for Well, it makes sense all. where it was in the card. Yeah. Like I, when, when they show the graphic for this and I'm like, this isn't main eventing, but I mean, it was evident why, but I guess the story was that, um, the night they were trying to record this, it fucking poured all night and they couldn't even start recording until after midnight. So I don't know if that played into them like not doing as much as they wanted to because it was probably like two or three a.m. by the time they got wrapped up filming. So maybe maybe they had like all these grand plans and they just couldn't do it. But the star of this match was one. Next oh, he yes he was he was dressed like a Mandalorian dwarf person. That's cool. Yeah. No, okay. Continue. They just fucking cut me out. I don't even know where I was going. You're going to start. The highlight of the match. Well, this is your guy, so how about you go? This greatest sports attraction in the world today, Dexter Loomis. Popped it all. No, actually, they're throwing chairs out. One of the chairs disappears under the ring, and you know who it fucking was. Oh, yeah. So he comes out. This motherfucker, he's really, he, lands some, he lands some blows, hog ties Roddy and Bobby Fish, and drives away. There, there actually is something hysterical we should, we should mention. So... All of the NXT talent were surrounding the ring in their shoot cars. Like, there there were some Audis, there were some Jeeps, there were some Dodge Chargers. Like, all these real nice cars, right? Then there's just this gray... 2002. 2002 Dodge Stratus that you knew was there just to get fucking destroyed. It's like... It's like, I get you don't want to, like, destroy a nice car, but, like, when there's, when all of these nice cars are surrounding the ring and there's just kind of a Dodge Stratus there, kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Shotzi's car, who cares? You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if she drove a, well, she drives a mini tank. We know what she drives. Okay, what's her quote going to Alice's car? Because she's not a top person yet. I don't think she could fit in that car. That's true. No, I, I had one. They're bigger than you look. I never drove one. It was my dad's, but. Dodge Stratus's look pretty small. Good car, though. But like you said, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong pulled up in a fucking Chevy Cruze, and uh, Dexter Loomis threw their asses in the trunk and took the fuck off. And this resulted in some funny tweets over the next few days. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly might have been the star of this match, and he wasn't even in this match. Yeah. Oh, no, Roderick's, Roderick's Twitter account just being a, a, a Loomis <laughs> selfie was outstanding. That's Thank you. That's Loomis. We can't give Roddy credit for that. Roddy will get a lot of credit when we review NXT, though. Because <laughs> Roddy, Roddy might have been the star of NXT. But, yeah, Cole hit the Panama Sunrise in, like, 46 chairs and got the 1-2-3. And now Velveteen can never challenge the NXT championship as long as Adam Cole is champion. So. Who do you think Cole goes after next? Well, I think 
I think we know who goes after Cole next. I think we got the glimpse at the end of NXT. Oh, yeah, we did. Never mind. So we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. But that's a great segue because coming up next, Tommaso Ciampa took on Carry On Cross with Scarlet. Um, I this think, was exactly what it needed I to be. I think everybody and their mother knew that Carry On Cross is going to get the win, but I don't think anybody thought it would be in the fashion that it happened. And I'm happy it was. Um, I will say... Cross's facials are still pissing me off. He's, he's no, he, it looks like he does not know what to do with them. It just looks like, it looks like he's trying. He's uncomfortable. It looks like he's playing a crazy guy, whereas Loomis yeah. looks like he's legitimately a crazy guy. Yeah, Loomis looks like a murderer. But Cross looks like he's playing a crazy guy, yeah. which, I mean, he's he's working with Shawn Michaels, who might be the best telling stories of facials ever. So he'll get better. But I will say. I, I want to see his entrance with, like, the real crowd chanting Fall and Pray because these geeks chanting Fall and, like, they're, like, at a fucking few. They're, like, Fall and Pray. Like, yeah. it was, I don't know. It was weird. Did but, yeah, that, that, I need to see that in, too, in, in front of a f- crowd, too. But I think this was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, Ciampa got some hits in, and then he hit, the, he hit the submission in, and it was over. Yeah, cross, cross. It was all cross early. Ciampa got his comeback. And then he locked in the cross, then cross locked in the cross jacket out of nowhere. Got the victory, six minutes, 13 seconds. Ciampa never tapped out. It was technical submission. Um, kind of kept Ciampa strong because he didn't tap out. He passed out. But I think Ciampa's at the point where he could get run over by a fucking bullet train and he's still untouchable. So. Yeah. You know, he's fine. It was, it was the right person for him to go over. And it seems like they have plans for Mr. Cross, to say the least. And so we'll get there. The main event. The Charlotte Flair show goes on. Triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship, 17 minutes and 36 seconds. I know you always say that Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler in the world, but I think the woman that won this match, Io Shirai, probably has a claim oh, yeah. to make there, too. Io's eating at that table. Um, that makes any sense. I think she might be at the head of that table, but we could agree to disagree there. It's not worth arguing about. But Rhea Ripley taking on Io Shirai and the champion Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match. I knew this match would be good. Would be good. I enjoyed this match a lot. Um, I didn't think it'd be that good. I will say, I get that they wanted the spectacle of EO jumping off of the house, but I fucking hate when people stand there for ten minutes waiting to catch a dive. That's wrestling, buddy. I, you're not. You're not. That's not changing. But this is a recent trend. It's not like wrestling has always been like this. So I you know. Can't, you can't say that. No, and wrestling I, is always. I mean, that's current wrestling. And wrestling is always changing. Yeah. So. You I, know, I, I don't like it either, but I just refuse to be mad about it anymore. But uh, it was it was a good spot. I wish it would have changed a little better. I don't think better. it was a good spot for that reason. No, I mean, I think, I mean, it looked a great visual. It was if, a great visual, yeah, for it, sure. But, but uh, you're right. It, it took a little while to get there when she got up there. But, uh. She like had, at least at least Rhea or Charlotte should be punching each other or something, and then Rhea EO comes yeah. out of nowhere. Like there's ways to do it, and you think that these women would be smart enough to, like yeah. I get when it's young guys in the indies that don't know any better, but like Charlotte Flair's been doing this at a high level forever. EO's been doing this at a high level forever, and yeah, Rhea's still kind of fresh into the game. But when you're working with EO and Charlotte, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a nitpick, but it just bothered me. No, that's fair. I I have my nitpicks about things too. Yeah. And that just if it bothers you, it bothers you. But I think this was this was a great match though. I don't want to take it. It was away great. From the it. EO smoked Rio with a moonsault yeah, later the, in the, the night. Fin- the finish was scary. Um, but I, I and another thing, this is I know they're different companies, but Cody literally won a match by pinfall with the figure four, 
and like Rhea's shoulders were down for like 25 seconds and and I get that's like comparing AEW to WWE so it's not apples to apples but that's another kind of thing that that bothered me but what I did love is that when EO hit the moonsault Charlotte the way she sold like Charlotte was trying to untangle her legs and she didn't untangle her legs and break up the pin that was great shit I did enjoy that yeah um but I like this match. I know I just complained about it for 10 minutes, but I really did like this match. I'm glad EO has a chance to run with the ball. Um, she's been money since her heel turn, which apparently she's a babyface again now. It's guess it's just one of those she's been getting cheered the whole time anyway, so she's naturally a babyface. Mm-hmm. So. Excellent New Japan-like celebration. Yeah, there were streamers, confetti, and we went off the air with EO standing tall. For Hannah. And it was the Charlotte Flair show. You, you, you don't even look like you believe yourself when you say that. I just, I don't get it. I know she's great, but I don't get it. I don't either. But Dude, that, she was all over fucking Raw. I don't, that, I that, don't. That was in your house. And I thought overall a very good pay-per-view. Other than the championship match. I mean, it was as good as it could have been, I think. I'm Not going, to match the show. I'm going B- minus that championship match. Well, it lost the show. Lost a lot of points for that title match. I don't know. It's like I hated it, but I can't even tell you why I hated it. I just fucking yeah, no, hate, I hated it. I just think we're at a point where both both of us are just sick of these alternate matches, alternate location matches. Started off high with the Boneyard match, and then went to the Firefly Funhouse, which is just an acid trip. Uh, then Champa and Gar- Champa and Gargano the next the next week, uh, which was good. Would have been better if the other didn't come after. And then fucking Stadium Stampede. And now this. It's just... And Money in the Bank. And Money in the Bank. I just... I'm sick of them. I'm fucking sick of them. I don't think any of them were particularly good outside the Boneyard match. See, I thought all of them were pretty good except this one. Uh, could you judge it against other ones, though? I don't know. I don't know. Why not? This just wasn't... Where I think this is... I think these... We always said... We always gave the people credit. But like, this wasn't... This and the, I, this and the Stadium Stampede weren't cinematic, though. That's... I, no. I just think, I think, it comes down, we usually say, we give them passes on this because it would just be better than an actual match in an empty arena. I think those two could have had a better match in an empty arena than this was. Probably. But they've had so many matches already. So I get they were trying to try something, and I do appreciate that, but... like, Who knows? Who knows what happened? I just... The whole thing made no sense to me. Like, why were they fighting in the parking lot? Like, I don't know. I just feel like the story wasn't there. It just, it was just kind of, it was just kind of, hey, let's do this to do this. Yeah. It would be like, it would, it would just, it would be like if War Games just came out of nowhere and there was like no setup. They're like, hey, let's just do War Games. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's fair. It'd be flat. And that's kind of what this was to me. It was flat. It, yeah. It fell flat. It just didn't work. Cause it, I, for that case, I gave it a B because I think all the other one shows on it were great. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a, matches. I'm gonna give it a B minus. I don't agree with some of the results, but, but yeah, that's true too. But it's just the bar for takeovers are so high. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm not by by no means am I saying it was a bad show. I had a hell of a time watching it. Um, we're watching it with a with a non wrestling fan who who now is now a wrestling fan who seemed to enjoy himself. So that's always good. Um, so yeah, that's NXT Takeover in your house. Thought it was a good show, other than the bitching I just did about the main event and the Cole Dream match. But yeah, thought it was, I still enjoyed the hell out of the show. So up next, we will talk about AEW and NXT for the week. So stick around. The War Report for the night of June 10th, 2020. 
As always, we will start with All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite. The opener, Butcher and the Blade taking on FTR. It is FTR's in-ring debut for All Elite Wrestling. They came out in their uh, classic Chevy pickup truck. Yeah, can we not do that anymore? How many fucking trucks? How many fucking trucks do we need? And they drove further than Cody, so it's just... Yeah, they're two for two on driving further than Cody. <laughs> and they drove 50 yards. Adam Cole even drove further than Cody. Loomis is still driving. <laughs> um, so, this match was... Uh, it was a competitive squash, if that makes sense. Like the Butcher, Yeah, it was. Butcher and Blade got some offense. Which I'm okay with here. Yeah, I, it, there should be some of those. Yes, their, their tag team's been gone for so long, and they need to build them back up. It looks like every fucking tag team on Earth got involved after. Yeah, I did. But uh, I think it was good. It was nice seeing those guys wrestle again. Butcher and Blade uh, got some offense in, but it was pretty much a showcase for Cash and Dax, which is still going to take some getting used to saying. Um, but an interesting part was they, they cut two shots of Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard, Sean Spears, and Jake Roberts all looking on. Spears Spears did not look happy. No. And but I, I, like, I like the Arn and Tully uh, little shot to them. I mean that's been the natural comparison yeah, for and the, years. And it's, and it's years. a great comparison. It is. They are they are Arn and Tully. And unlike and unlike uh, what Vince McMahon thinks, that's not a knock to call them Arn and Tully. No, and they hit a brainbuster later, which was awesome. V- Vince fucking called them Arn and Tully as an insult, which yeah. is that just tells you the way Vince McMahon. Thinks. And, and I think Arn, I think Arn is like one of their favorite wrestlers ever. I think it might be Dax. Oh yeah, they love they love they love Arn. Arn and Tully is like their favorite tag team. So. Yeah, well, I mean, if this whole rumor things are true. And they're starting a four horsemen. Do you think they're gonna be a tag team in it? Yeah, I think, I think it's natural. Um, they need their flair because it certainly is hell not Spears. Yeah, I don't know. I does Cody turn heel? Who knows? It, Cody wrestles like a heel though. Cody wrestled. Cody wrestles. It depends who he's facing. I mean, he's faced baby faces the past two weeks, so of course he's gonna wrestle like a heel. Yeah. But Cody also had some of the most baby face baby face performances ever. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it, it kind of... He was healing... He was he, Actually, he was a heel in almost all of his pay-per-view matches for the AEW. He was a heel versus Dustin. Not versus Spears and not, not versus, versus Jericho. Well, anybody, anybody is a face versus Spears. Fuck Sean Spears. And but, not versus MJF. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. So one of his pay-per-view... And, I, yeah. and not versus Archer either. So one of his pay-per-view matches, he played a heel. Yeah, I, I, I'm Good right. effort, though. Yeah, I'm Good be. effort. But I don't know. It, it would have to be Cody, right? But just get Spears. What, who is Spears? And uh, think of the original four horsemen. JJ Dillon. Yeah, it's not, that's exactly but, what I was gonna say. He can't but, cut a promo like JJ Dillon, so I. And he can't wrestle like any of them either. And I feel bad. We I feel like we make fun of Sean Spears. No, I, it's not even. It's not even him. He's a mid carder. I hate people like, oh, he should be champion. Oh, he should be all the champions. Impact, AEW, WWE. They didn't know how to use him. Well, he's been in the Elemental for ten years, and he, he fucked off there for ten years, and he's okay. I got a tough question. Mid card for, for life. EC3 or Spears? Spears. Really? Oh my god, yeah. Wow, you say so you hate the EC3 hype. I don't ha- I hate the I don't hate him, I hate the hype. I don't understand. People want that man to, like to break Flair's record in a year. He really Do they want him to have all the like think of the think of the big gold belt in WCW 2000 and he they he, they wanted him to win all of those. <laughs> Without ever losing it. Without though. ever losing it. Just he has eight big gold belts. 
That would be pretty cool, actually. But yeah, I just don't understand the hype around EC three. I like EC three though. Like I like no, the, I, don't I like the character. I like the character. I like his work. It's just I just but I'm the same way. Like when he was in WWE, I couldn't think of like t- ten guys. Like, people want him to take Seth's spot. Yeah. The goddamn like I don't. I don't understand that. For, no, for sure. Like you and like that's why like if I know a lot of people want EC three and AEW and we're getting completely sidetracked. That's all right. I don't know like who I'd push ec3 over an AEW. like if he's a heel he's just I another guy mjf would obviously get pushed over him like i yeah i i, I don't know me neither. i think impact guy. is the best place for ec3 he has legacy his legacy there he is he'll be good that's when he's done the best work of his career yep um so but, ftr hit what formerly was the shatter machine but is now the good night express yuck and then they followed that up with a... Midnight sp- Express reference, Jesus. And then they followed that up with a spike pile driver, which I believe they also had a wacky name for, but I did not catch no, it. No, the Goodnight Express. That is the Goodnight Express. No, the Shatter Machine's the Goodnight Express. Oh, it is. I don't. Right. I think there was another wacky name for the pile driver. I was pissed the match didn't end after the Power and Glory. From- yeah, they did do the Power and Glory uh, Superplex Splash fit, but they did that in WWE all the time and never won with it. I guess that's true. It just looked really good. Yeah, it's Power and Glory are geeks. They can't, can't win with their finish. That's true. But... This was only the beginning. Yeah, because Tony Schiavone came out to interview uh, FTR. But the Young Bucks came out. They thanked them for saving them a couple weeks ago. But then uh, the Bucks talked about how they made tag team wrestling over the past decade. I believe you said he carried it on his shoulders. Yeah, that was the exact terminology. And then uh, the Butcher and the Blade attacked him from behind. And then Adam Page and Kenny Omega came out. And... What they Jimmy were, Havoc and didn't Jimmy Havoc and uh, and Sabian, Kip Sop get involved. Kip Sop, Billy got Billy, just Billy, just Bill, William. Uh, but yeah, this is this is good. They gotta save. They gotta save the Bucks and FTR for All Out, which I, I'm confident they will. Yeah, they're, they're keeping them away from each other. But, but they have you can't to. keep keeping them away from each other. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't. You can't have them come face to face every week and then not touch. Well, they could do like, they could do like eight man tags with them on opposite teams, but like save the straight tag match. Yeah, for, for all out. Absolutely. Um, and I think they're going to do that. I think yeah. I think they're smart enough. If we're smart enough to know that, I think they're smart enough to know that. Um, I mean, it's the match everyone's been wanting for the past five six years. Get the title on the Bucks twenty four too. I don't. Hmm. I don't know if the Bucks beating Omega unless they're trying to keep with this hangman's gonna turn deal. I don't know. I don't know either. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But fans we, would be nice too. We know that um the National Nightmares have a tag title shot next week. So maybe yeah, everybody's getting a tag title shot. Maybe your boy Dustin will be a champion. Oh, he fucking better be. And then we know the best friends have a title shot at Fighter Fest, the only Fighter Fest too big for one night. Um so yeah, up next the fatal four way match. Yeah. Chris Statlander versus Akaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. Versus uh, Nyla Rose. Match was fine. Match um, was fine. But. I think we both mentioned that we were sick of seeing the same women every week. But that, in all fairness, that's not their fault. No, it's you know, not. People are stuck in places. But it can also, But you can also start new feuds. That's not just everybody bum-rushing for the title. But, I mean, when you got five women and one of them's hurt, what what you know what I mean? What could he do? Fair. But, like... This can't continue when they get everybody back. No, I don't think it will either. No, it's just start new feuds. I just think, like, the majority of their women's roster are not from America, and so they're in, like, a real tough spot right now, and 
they got who they got, and that's all they could really. Like, trust me, I'm sick of seeing this same match every week too. But there's not, like I said, right now they have like five women, and Brits out for a few weeks, months, and you know, I was shocked that Penelope got the win. Um, seems like they're they're setting up Penelope and Sheeta. At least that's something new. We yeah. haven't seen Penelope and Sheeta, so I don't know. I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Fair enough. So up next, the best friends in Orange Cassidy take on the inner circle, represented by Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager, the big hurt. Yeah. Um. I didn't hate it. It was a match. It was a match. Uh, but I think the big story here is the post match. So after the match, uh, Jericho. We should say that first Orange Cassidy pinned Ortiz with a roll up, and then Jericho came in and beat him with blood oranges. And Orange Cassidy was bleeding, so the joke was, haha, we made him bleed with blood oranges and his name's Orange, and he's freshly squeezed and we squeezed orange juice on his cuts, which probably does hurt. Yeah, probably doesn't feel good. Probably wouldn't want orange juice in my open A lot wounds. of citrus there. A lot of acid. Don't have to worry about getting scurvy. No. No, it's lemons, buddy. And what's lemons? It's all citrus, dude. Mm, I guess you're right. It's all citrus prevents scurvy. It's yes. the old sailor saying. Yes. Limes, lemons, grapefruits, oranges. As long as you got citrus, you're good. Fair. Big grapefruit guy, by the way. Me too. I, I'm actually hungry for a grapefruit. Big grapefruit guy. Me too. They're delicious. Yeah. And if you don't like them, fuck you. But, uh... <laughs> That's strong. No, this was... Eh, yeah. Um, don't need to fucking... Thought the oranges were unnecessary. The bag of oranges is, like, one of those deals where, like, when you, like, when you're in a writer's room and you, like, pitch it, it sounds fucking hysterical. But then, like, in execution, it's, like... It's fucking oranges. I'm sure. I'm sure getting beat with a bag of oranges hurts, but I don't think it hurts enough to the point where like you're incapacitated. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there, and he did have a baseball bat too, so it wasn't like it was just a bag of oranges. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the Negan of that company. Yes. And it's uh, again a set up a feud with sixty one year old Sting. You know. Yeah. With his uh, spinal stenosis. Yep. It's happening because in the rafters, always watching. Uh, you know a video I just thought of, and I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> Why is Seamus' music playing? It's the greatest video ever. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Sting. That's actually my my second favorite Sting-involved tweet. The first one was the guy's like, I saved my entire life to get to an NBA playoff game. <laughs> just the, all, and, the all the comments. Yes. All the comments were just, just Sting in the rafters. Sting in the rafters. Which is kind of a dick, but... It, but, dude, those seats were hot. <laughs> dude, those seats were like... Yeah. I, yeah, if you if you if you have a job and you're saving, that's all you can save for years. Get a new job. <laughs> like, up next, speaking of the inner circle, Sammy Guevara taking on Colt Cabana. Uh, Sammy came out boom, on his boom. Colt Cabana. Uh, it's kind of catchy, I guess. It is no, it is very catchy. Yeah. Um, Guevara came out in a scooter. Um, this is the first singles match of the show, which is baffling, kind of. Um. But Cole Cabana was, makes a list of bad baby faces this week, and he pushed his scooter off the stage. What a dick. Um, he has an air freshener on his scooter. Couldn't see he, it. He did. And it was also called the Hit Me Up Mobile. So that's something. Yeah, I guess it is. So uh, we go to break after, after a uh, suicide dive by the Spanish god, and we return from break, and Cabana makes his comeback, bionic elbow, flip-flop and fly action. And Guevara capitalizes on a mistake. He hits with Donovan Dijakovic, calls the Feast Your Eyes, and gets the win. 
on after the match. Oh, our Lord, fucking back. Our lords and saviors return. Stu and Evil Uno make their way out. Uh, Brody Lee joins them on the stage. He helps Colt Cabana to his feet, and they all walk away. And, and Cabana followed them. And Colt doesn't know what to make of all of it, but he went through the same tunnel that they did. And then afterwards, Matt Hardy came out and told Sammy Guevara that he respected him. I'm so sick of Matt Hardy. I didn't know people still liked broken shit. I don't know. It's hit and miss. Some weeks I think it's funny. Other weeks it just comes off as forced. I like, don't like him going the gimmick in between, though, the fucking Matt Fax gimmick. The multi, the multi, what is it, multifarious Mul- Matt Hardy? Yeah, and he's big money Matt sometimes. Yeah, I think multifarious means he's multiple yeah. personalities. Yeah. The they first, got us. The first version of Matt Hardy. Yes. Because you got to avoid that copyright. Yes. The main event, Cody versus Mark Quinn. First thing I will say, thank God they gave Private Party new music. Yes. So many people like that Little John ripoff song, and I don't understand how. Mm-hmm. This new music is a vast improvement. Although I think the lyrics at times are literally shots, 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 shots. So it's still a Little John ripoff, but it doesn't sound like Little John this time, which is... Thumbs up for me. I approve. Um, this match kicked ass. Uh, they shook hands beforehand, and then they started throwing everyone's favorite wrestling forearms. Uh, so Quinn uses speed to take advantage early, but then Cody hit the old uh, surfboard submission. Classic classic Brian Danielson Jushin Liger playbook. Uh, Quinn went for a springboard, but he ate shit and allowed Cody to capitalize. Quinn made a comeback, but he was selling his injured leg that he hurt a few weeks ago on a hashtag dive. Um, Cody, uh, Quinn went for a 450 off the top rope onto the stage with back shit crazy. And then uh, Cody was able to uh, counter another 450 and lock in a leg lock submission. And Quinn tapped out. I like this match a lot. Me too. He's two with the open challenger. Uh, the course crew DDT was wild. That was also... Wild. And then the post-match. Big Hurt came out, Jake Hager. Uh, he attacked Cody. And it looks like we know who wants their eyes on the TNT title. And eventually Private Party and Hardy, Hardy Party, made the save. And the Inner Circle jumped in and there was a huge brawl. And Cody offered Hager a shot at Fighter Fest. But if he's having an open challenge every week, how does he know he'll still be champion when Fighter Fest rolls around? Because he's a bitch. I thought you were going to say because he's the booker. Like, yeah, because oh. he's the booker. Yeah. Um, the breakout performance for Quinn. I I, I was... Yeah, because I, I, Cassidy hurt. No. no. Quinn was the one that was quote-unquote hurt. Yeah. It was... I guess I just wanted to give Quinn a shot at the singles match, and it was a fun match, real fun match. I mean, he's a star of that tag team, so... And I think that's what these open challenges are designed to do. Like, Jungle Boy, another tag team guy who got a chance to shine in a singles match. Although, we already knew what Jungle Boy could do, kind of. But, yeah, big fan of this. Big fan of the show. I thought, I thought AEW had a good show. They did, but I don't think it was the best show of the night. So now let's move on to NXT from Full Sail University, also on June 10th. So uh, the show opens with Adam Cole coming out with the rest of the Undisputed Era. He declared himself the most dominant man of all of NXT. He doesn't care who challenges him next, but he does know one thing. It will not be the Velveteen Dream. Um, he says no one could beat him. He said that our boy Dexter Loomis did heinous things to Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish at TakeOver. That they were unharmed but dehydrated. So no good. (laughs) Um, Loomis was looming in the crowd, but Roderick Strong was the only one that saw him. Which would kick off a night of Roderick Strong's paranoia getting the best of him. 
and um, Cole warned Loomis that he would beat him tonight, even though he's far from 100%. Uh, but then Roderick Strong saw Loomis again and ran. <laughs> Paranoid Roddy was the MVP of the night. Yeah. So the proper opener, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae taking on Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Uh, Lee and Yim exploded early. They took the early portion of the match. Uh, Candice got the advantage with a cheap shot on Yim, and Johnny Gargano assisted her. So both Garganos were beating up Keith Lee, uh, but then Mia Yim came back in. LeRae stole Mia Yim's soul food finish like she had two SmackDown symbols on Here Comes the Pain and got a springboard moonsault for a near fall. Yim then got taken out of action by her own tag team partner, Keith Lee. Uh, then the finish came when uh, Gargano hit a DDT on Keith Lee, but it was on top of Candice LeRae, and Keith Lee showed more concern for Johnny's wife than Johnny did, and Johnny was able to catch Lee with a roll-up while Lee was concerned and got the victory. And I loved how Gargano was just carrying LeRae's limp body up the ramp, raising her hand. I like to finish this match a lot. Yeah, it was good. Because Keith Lee picked her up. And, and just shows how much of a fucking dick Johnny is. Keith Lee picked her up, and then he, Johnny rolled him up, and he threw her out of the ring. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. It was awesome. Heel Johnny's growing on me. Yeah, me too. I thought this was a great finish. Uh, Fun match. Know, it's classic when you don't see that often anymore, but a very good match. Very good finish. Up next, we have Indus Sheer with Malcolm Bivens versus Geeks. Indus Sheer defeats the Geeks. This was much a, better than their last one. With a side slam uh, diving leg drop combo. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember their last squash match, but it went like 10 minutes and it was ridiculous. This was short and sweet. And um, they were able to get to the point. So I don't know if you heard like why they disappeared for a little while. Um, COVID kind of fucked everything up. Because Pete Dunne is, like, nowhere to be found for the time being. And they didn't trust Indus Year to, like, get the tag titles this early. So they kind of... I guess that's fair. That's... Yeah, I think that was the right call. So they kind of shifted to Imperium. They did the Thatcher thing. And they decided they need Riddle on the main roster. Like, Matt Riddle getting called up affected eight different people. Yes. Yeah. There was just a whole... It's COVID, some, COVID got in their plans and completely wiped them out. Yeah. So... Yeah, this was a fine squash. Got into sheer over as a dominant force. Bivens is incredible. A video package was shown uh, show, highlighting Io Shirai's win, and they showed some reactions from fans in the NXT universe. Can't believe I just used that phrase. But, yeah, that was what it was. Breezango video package just kicked ass. I love this. I thought it was awesome. Um, Fandango and Breeze are like have so much personality if you allow them to show it. And not even only... Not even only as uh, uh, comedy guys. No, yeah, that's what I meant. I yeah. don't know. I couldn't get. To, I couldn't get to that road for some reason. But uh, this was really. I thought this was my favorite thing the entire night. Yeah, from this two, was good. This from is very two different good. shows. It was different. It was talking. They talked about. I love how they left Jericho out of the. Yeah. Who, who Fandango beat? They said Fandango's first match is at WrestleMania 29, and he got the win. Yeah. That's who did right, he beat? That's right, you old fat drunk bastard. Stop but, it. Uh. Yeah, this was. I also liked. Uh, I also liked how Fandango called Breeze a kid, and Breeze goes, "I'm 32." And he goes, "You're 32." I felt like he was 90. Like that's that's how I old. That's I thought he was at least 36. Dude, you Breeze. <clears throat> Breeze is a former FCW heavyweight champion. Yeah. let that fucking sink in. I think Dangle's like 40, but uh, 
Yeah, they ignored... I like how they just pretended that Johnny Curtis never had a run in WWE and, like, Fandango's first match was Fandango. Yeah. But, hey. I mean, Fandango's first match was Fandango. But I think this How dare you disrespect Johnny Curtis. And I think their match will be fun. Yeah, they face Imperium next week, and they promise to uh, set course and uh, establish their legacy. Don't think they will, but I no. wouldn't mind if they did. Neither would I. So they showed a recap of Cross and Ciampa. Ciampa refused to answer questions and just rode off into the night. Oh, they officially changed their name, by the way. What? They're not Breeze Dango anymore. Where are they? They're Breeze Dango. They were always Breeze Dango. I thought there was a D in there. No, there's never never a D and never no Ds. Oh, oh okay. Well, I'm wrong then. They're always Breeze Dango. Okay. Um, they do seem to be moving away from the fashion police stuff, which in this current climate is probably a smart move. Yeah. They mentioned it, though, so... Well, you can't just ignore it. Although, I guess they ignored Johnny Curtis and Mike Dalton. But, yeah, we yeah. don't um, Robert Stone tried to recruit Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley shoved him into... It was like a garbage can, wasn't it? It was like a... Yeah. That sucks. Poor Robert Stone. He's having a rough few weeks. <laughs> He's Sh- funny, though. Disheveled Tony Khan. <laughs> it's grime time, baby. So, earlier in the night... Uh, Cameron Grimes is cutting a promo on what he was going to do to Finn Balor and how he's going to beat him for the second time in a few weeks. But then Damian Priest came up, Grimes mouthed out, mouth off to him, and Damian Priest punched him right in the face. Uh, Grimes claimed that he had a broken jaw, but was caught mingling with the ladies later on. By iPad Regal. By iPad Regal and Drake Wirtz. This is so funny, because... He's, he's like, I need to talk to Cameron. Take me to him. And he carried him. You know what it reminds me of? Our second Futurama reference of the day. It reminds me of like, the heads in the jars. Like yes. Nixon's head in the jar. He's like, take me to him. Nixon, Nixon's body. Nixon's head with, his, with Spear Agnew's body. Yes. Uh, he's, they need to put, they need to put, uh, they need to put uh, Rigo on like a tripod and reel him around. Like, yes, I agree. But, uh, so that was funny as hell. I love Cameron Grimes. I don't know how people don't love Cameron Grimes. I don't know how you don't. He's amazing. He's such a fucking comedy of errors, that guy. <laughs> that, that's he's, the perfect phrase. Comedy of errors. He's just, he's fantastic. Um, so we have Finn Balor taking on the technical savage Cameron Grimes. Uh, very competitive match. Oh, um, match, this match rolled. Yeah, this match also kicked ass. Um, this is kind of a competitive squash, like the uh, revival match, but not as squashish, if that makes sense. Um, he had a reverse 1916, a coupe de gras, and then a regular 1916 for the win. So at least it took all three of his finishers to keep grime time down. And, uh, after the match, Balor spoke directly to the camera. He says he wants Keith Lee and he wants the North American championship. Um, I thought this was better than the first time they wrestled. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really like this match and yeah, this, this was good shit. I think this leads to a three way. And Grimes steals victory. Really? Well, where yeah. does Balor fit in all? I mean, not Balor. Where does uh, Gargano fit in all this? Because I are Gargano and Lee done? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to get I don't. That. Yeah, it's. Uh, but hey, we got time. We got nothing but time. Dakota got Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez taking on Casey Catanzaro. Um, this was a, pretty much a squash. Um, Casey Catanzaro almost got an upset, but Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, got involved, and Dakota Kai hit the go-to kick for the win. Awful name for a move. Yep. um, Afterwards, Kai and Gonzalez beat down Catanzaro until Caden Carter made the save. Um, Caden Carter was running wild for a minute, but then Raquel Gonzalez got got advantage, 
and hit her with a ridiculous single arm power bomb. And Dakota Kai, uh, seems like they're setting up Dakota Kai for Io Shirai, which is not where I thought they would go at first. No, don't but hate it. But... I'm open to it. I think Dakota, Dakota Kai is super talented. I love the pairing with Raquel Gonzalez. And yeah, and it seems like uh, they're, they're setting up, they're building up Catanzaro and Carter as a tag team. So it looks like they got a decent amount accomplished in this little piece of business. So El Hijo del Fantasma comes out, and he is interrupted by Drake Maverick. Drake says he wants another shot at the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Fantasma agrees, but then suddenly two men surround the ring. Two masked luchadores, you could say. Yes. So the Cruiserweight Champion appears like he's going to help Maverick fight them off, but he turns on Maverick, hits the Phantom Driver, and then the two men unmask, and it is... Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. And we have us ourselves a new stable. But then that's not where the twists stop because Phantasma takes off his mask and suddenly he speaks perfect English. And he says he is truly Santos Escobar. And now he's completely untouchable. I really, really like this. I kind of like said it like it was a joke, but this is a great piece of business. Yeah, yeah this, was, this, this, this was an excellent reveal. An excellent reveal. I'm going to have nitpicks, and you know what the nitpicks are going to be. Yeah. If if uh, Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde were the two kidnappers that have been messing in Phantasma's business the past few weeks, then who the fuck kidnapped Mendoza and Wilde? Well, it could have been, it could have been always the other two, if you think about it. It could have been Phantasma. It couldn't have been, because Phantasma has long hair. I think you're tucking in. You, you'd notice fucking hair bulging out of a mask. Yeah, have you ever, you ever seen all this? His mask? You can't hide that shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Abyss always had to come out of his. Well, I mean, when you have an open-backed mask, it's kind of tough. But I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, it's a nitpick, but I doubt we ever get a true answer. But I like this. Um, I hope it gets more people to care about the Cruiserweight title. Interesting enough, they did not refer to him as the inter- interim Cruiserweight champion. So I don't know if, like, Devlin's, like, officially stripped. Devlin's coming back as a babyface then? Possible. I think he'd be a hell of a babyface. Yeah. Um, but who knows when he'll even be able to get yeah. to America or they'll be able to get to Ireland or, U- or the UK. But this was just was a great piece of business. There's so. rumors that NXT UK might start taping again with all the guys just sitting in the UK doing nothing. So yeah. I don't know. I'll have to see where this goes. But this is a great piece of business. I'm happy Joaquin Wilde has something to do because we met him at the Bullet Club block party. Yeah, I wish nothing the best for him. Real nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys who's always been his dream to get to WWE. He's finally here, and he's involved in something. We saw Raul Mendoza in a kick-ass match against Gargano at a house show. Yeah. Both talented dudes, so hopefully this works out for him. Um, what do you think of the name? Uh, what do you think of the name Santos Escobar? It's every fucking 70s yeah. D-level movie. He needs, he needs a mustache. He needs, he, needs a, he needs a obnoxious mustache. It's even wilder that he blurred his face in that picture of the Oshirai now. When first of all, he's unmasked in his header and now he's just unmasked on TV. But whatever. That's just funny. But no, great shit. Real great shit. Main event of the evening. Adam Cole taking on Dexter Loomis. Before the match backstage, Adam Cole's preparing. But Roderick Strong bursted in. He had another drawing from Dexter Loomis. I don't know how he acquired this drawing. I don't know this drawing was, was sent to him. But somehow he had another one of Loomis's caricatures. And fucking Roderick Strong is breaking down over this. He does not, <laughs> he does not know what to do. Um, 
all of a sudden, Fish and Cole turn their back when suddenly Loomis is looming. But then he disappears just as quickly as he came. So to the match, uh, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole make their way to the ring. Uh, Roderick Strong is so paranoid that he misses his cue to do the boom. And not only that, the boom scared him. <laughs> um, big fan of Paranoid Roddy. I know Where did he get all this personality from? He was the most vanilla person when he was wrestling for Ring of Honor. I mean, when you're in a group setting, you're probably more comfortable Especially being, with your with friends, your friends You're more comfortable being yourself. Yeah. And, uh, no, he's been great. He was great the entire night. So, um, this match, uh, this match was kind of the story of Loomis. Uh, basically, nothing Cole did could keep Loomis down. Uh, Cole almost got caught with the Katagatami, but he turned into a super kick, and Loomis sold the fuck out of that super kick. Loomis sold that super kick very well. Um, that guy in your no, fall. he's a very good wrestler. Yeah, he like yeah. he's, he's it, it, that's awesome. So Cole went for a Panama Sunrise, but this time Loomis got the Katagatami. However, Fish distracted the referee. Roderick Strong nailed him with an Insiguri. Cole got the last shot for the win, and Undisputed Era beat down Loomis until Velatine Dream made the save. Um, and then Loomis chased Roderick Strong to the back. The poor guy. Loomis got the Loomis got the uh, what is he? The thing. The Katagatami. The Katagatami. On Cole. Yeah, after the match. They were both kicking the hell out of him, and Loomis wasn't letting go until finally he got kicked too many times. And then Velveteen made the save, and then Loomis chased Roderick Strong backstage, the poor guy. Velveteen took Fish backstage, then Cole is celebrating in the ring like all is right in the world. Then the lights go out, and Scarlet is sitting there on the ramp, I guess standing there. She walks down the ramp. Sets an hourglass, turns it over, and appears to signal that Cole's time with the NXT title is indeed running out. A couple things. Let's hear it. That was a great way to end. Loomis, oh, yeah. Loomis looks strong. Uh, Loomis looks strong in the loss, which are, they're trying to keep him strong, I guess. Uh, Undisputed Era just do their shit, and they're excellent at it. Cole celebrate with the title. And I think it's, I think, you know, they don't really do the rocket strap thing, but I think with anybody, it's him. I thought it was perfect and I'm okay. They're going there this early. My only problem is, and I think it's the same problem that ran into the fiend. Like if you establish him as like this dominant guy, like that's great and all, but like he's got to lose event. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the problem they ran in with the fiend. Like the fiend literally, you could do anything to the fiend and he wouldn't stay down. So then when Goldberg just beat him with a jackhammer, and partly because it was Goldberg, but I think even if anyone would have just pinned him after a wrestling move, it would have got that reaction. So they're kind of like boxing themselves in, I guess. But I guess that's a problem for down the line, not anytime soon. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be a hot minute before Cross takes a pin. Yeah, no, it's going to be a while. Yeah, so. I would say a year. I would say at least a year. But also, I don't know I don't know if he's going to be long for this world in NXT, because I feel like once Vince sees this guy, he's going to be <laughs> all over him. Yeah, you know Triple H is asking Vince specifically not to watch NXT right now because Cross, <laughs> Cross and Loomis are on it. And uh, there'll be a mid-card tag team by next year. Yeah. Okay, I sent you something last night and you didn't respond. Is there, no, is, there, is there any chance that Grimes and Loomis are winning the Dusty Cup together? I'd love it, but I don't think so. There is. You know it's going to happen next year. <laughs> I'd, I'd be for it. I'd be for Cameron Grimes just, like, talking shit with Loomis just standing behind him being stoic. <laughs> I would be so for that you don't even understand. But, no, this was uh, a hell of a first episode after a pay-per-view. 
yeah. for them. It was a great shit. I liked AEW, and I still think this was the better show. I tend to agree, so let's get your... We're both going NXT for the week. Yes. So let's I get just, your... No, not even, like, bad on AEW. Yeah, I, I, liked, I, I like both this shows. This was a great show. But I liked a lot of what NXT set up. Yeah. Uh, my MVPs for NXT are co-MVPs. They are Bree Zango. I just, I just really like their video package. That was great. That was I, a I great video package. I just thought it was really, package. really, really good shit. And I really hope they do some great things because I think they're both incredible wrestlers. And especially Breeze. Uh, and they can help out a tag division. That needs if it. you were booking this, would you put the tag titles on them next week? Yes. Really? Yes, I would. You, you don't think that would kind of undercut Imperium? I mean, they just kind of got the titles like two weeks ago. Maybe, but I think, I think if Breeze Dangle loses... It's a farther mountain to climb than if Imperium loses to get back up. That's fair enough. And to be fair, Imperium were never supposed to get these titles, but COVID yeah. kind of. Yeah. COVID came. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't be mad if it happened. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I think that's fair. My uh, AEW MVP is Cody because him putting over, or not putting over young guys, but him working with the young guys in this in this championship is. Uh, what I think it should be done with it. Show show some of your wrestlers you have, other than some of the bullshit we usually get. Uh, my overall MVP is Santos Escobar. Really? Because I, I just thought I, wow. thought... I thought the promo was great, and I thought... I just thought the reveal was great. It was the best wrestling reveal I've seen in a long time. Wow. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't... I, didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was great. I, I, I thought it was great. I knew he was going to do well for himself when, like... He speaks perfect English. So, like, I knew he was going to yeah. do... He's everything he Andrade's not got, going to be. Andrade's... His He's English has gotten a lot He's getting better. there. I'm, Another thing we have to chalk up to Charlotte. Mark mark my words, and I don't mean this as a slight to Zelina, but in another year, Andrade won't need Zelina. And I don't mean... Fuck, stick with her husband. And I don't... That would be interesting. Like, that would kind of be like Scarlet and Cross Light. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a slight to Zelina, because I think Zelina has been the MVP of, like, Performance Center era Raw. Yeah. Has to be her and Drew. They're, those are the two people, in my opinion, carrying it. But, like, Andrade, his English is honestly really getting there. Yeah. And that's, 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 that can only help him. And Angel. Angel speaks pretty yeah. good English. So, I think I think it's a great time to be a Hispanic in WWE. It's got some stars. Cooking. I just don't... I just hope they don't discard of Zelina. No, they shouldn't. Like, she's she's fantastic. I think she's, I think she's awesome. She's fantastic. I, she's, the, she's the... Is there any reason the why she can't wrestle? Or... I think they just, love, they just, they I just, they just like her in this role no, so much. Okay, that, that was my question. I, mean, I think she's a better manager. And she was a good wrestler. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. She was Thea. That's her name, right? Is it Thea? Yes. <laughs> she still but is Thea. She still is Thea. <laughs> but she doesn't wrestle as Thea anymore. But I think she's far better as a manager than she than she was a wrestler. Yeah, and like, I don't... She's Like you said, she's, she's, she's perfectly fine between the ropes, but I don't ever see her being on top of the women's division as a wrestler. I think she can be like... A really fucking like, I think she could be a main eventer as a manager if that makes sense. Yeah, she could be Jimmy Hart. Yeah, she well, could be. She could be Bobby Heenan. I mean, I know that's high, high, high praise, but yeah, but I don't think if Jimmy Hart is a main eventer, you know what I mean? That's I not, mean, not exactly. I mean, she could be the the, the person. Yes, she could be, like she could be. She could be. She could be what Heyman was the past five yeah, years. Yeah, she could be Heyman, and she could cut a hell of a promo. Yeah, but yeah, she could be. She could manage a top guy and have it be unbelievable. Um, but anyway, my MVPs. For AEW, I am going to go. Um, I'm going to go with FTR because it was refreshing to uh, see a tag team match that wasn't like their usual tag team matches. They follow the rules. That's what it stands for. FTR follow the rules. Yep. Um, 
NXT MVP, I am going to go with... Gotta go with Roddy Strong. He was making me laugh all night. I love... I love like, it was so goofy, but... The boom scaring him was funny. Yes, and our sense of humor, we laugh at a lot of shit that no one else laughs at. It's, I still think the funniest like we love we love the fucking prophets and raiders segments everyone. and I think everyone I think we're the, the two that love them <laughs> it's us and no one else it's actually, they've, they've gotten some more better reviews online than I thought they would the decathlon was fantastic it I was. can't uh, but I forget what I was just gonna say so I'll just continue and for my overall MVP wait to come back to you no okay you looked like you had a thought there for a second I never have thoughts and my overall MVP, I am going to have to go with... Well, I picked NXT as a show that wins. I just have to go someone from there. Um, I'm going to go with Gargano. For, for, for the combination of his work at, at In Your House and just being that fucking chicken shit heel in that tag match. Big fan. And, like, I was the most... When Gargano's... This heel turn first happened. I don't know if you remember the NXT where we reviewed right after, but I fucking shit on it. Yeah. And so... Well, you say you couldn't buy him as a heel. That's a fair no, statement. No, because that interview with Mauro is so yeah. fucking goofy. But now, like, he's kind of coming... Now he's being even more goofy, and it's working somehow. I don't know. It's it's winning me over. Um, Who would have thought that fucking Gargano and Rollins would both win me over as heels? Well, I shouldn't say that, because Rollins... First heel run was great, but this this version of heel Rollins, like fucking cult leader Seth Rollins, I didn't think that would that would win me over, but it did. Yeah, especially so, now. Yeah, like he's he's rolling. He's heading to stride. Now. Yeah, he's heading to stride. He's rolling with it now, and he needs more people to be with him. So coming up next, we'll announce who made it to the fatal four of the Mean Guy Classic. So stay tuned to that, and of course, after that, we will discuss Backlash twenty twenty, the greatest pay per view preview ever. It's the Mean Guy Classic 2. Bigger, badder, meaner. So, this week we wrapped up the Hateful Eight, and we now have our Fatal Four, so... And what a Fatal Four it is. Yeah, I, not really any surprises. I thought there was... I wasn't sure if if Andre would, would pull off the victory over Cactus Jack who was steaming as a 15. Yeah, and he was he was in the lead early. Yeah. And as of this morning it was 50-50. Yeah, it was. Like uh, Andre was up like 61-39 for a while. And uh, I checked this morning and a, a lot of votes came in last night and every single one of them must have been Cactus Jack. Fucking Cactus Jack must have the the comeback ability on 2K20. Um but why don't you go over who is moving on to the Fatal 4? So, we now have a Fatal 4. In the Hateful Eight, Andre the Giant defeated Cactus Jack by a score of 52% percentage points to 48 percentage points. Undertaker defeated Bruiser Brody in dominant fashion, 75 to 25. <laughs> I'm laughing because... Yeah, I know why you're laughing. It, cost, I, it was... I, I, don't, I, even, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. Shame, shame some of the youngins don't know about Bruiser Brody, though. Kevin Owens had a oh. huge lead on Samoa Joe. The Samoan commentating machine almost got him. Yes. Uh, it And the closest of margins, KO, marches on as a one seed, defeating two-seed Samoa Joe by a percentage point score of 51 to 49. And 
Volter dominated the king to the world, Manuro Suzuki, 66 to 34%. So if you think we would have we let Keith Lee advance last week instead of Walter, do you, do you think Suzuki would be moving on? Or do you think Keith Lee would have still dominated? Suzuki would be moving on, I think. Really? Yes. So, yeah. Um, we got- I mean, you know what? Maybe just for known facts and, like, recency bias, probably Keith Lee. I, that's what I was thinking too. I don't. I don't think it would have been as as big of a blowout as it no. was. But I still think Keith Lee probably would have moved on. One 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 poor bastard commented on and said he felt bad for voting for Walter. Yeah, and I told him calling Suzuki on him. Um. So so, so we have Andre and for the Legends final. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> you said it like he, you said it like he was Andrade. <laughs> I did. I, Andrade I, the Giant. <laughs> I also think I called the, the Andre Battle Royal the Andrade last year. <laughs> But uh, in the Legends final, we have Andre the Giant versus The Undertaker. Was he a four seed? We have Andre the Giant being a four seed, I believe, yes. And The Undertaker being a five seed. Wow, so a four-five matchup in the the Fatal Four. And then in the current current wrestler's uh, bracket, the two one seeds, Walter and Kevin Owens, are about to clash, which I believe was last year's final. So I have a proposal. Once we get to the finals, I think we should have also a third place vote. So like the two losers, so like say say Owens and Taker's the final, we should put Andre against Walter to determine third place. Okay. That's my proposition. Okay. I'm in. So that way we, we know who's first, we know who's second, we know who's third. We know we could rank them one to four in their mean guidance. Yes. Uh, so who do you got? Until someone beats KO, it's impossible to to to, to pick against him. I mean, this is last year's final. I think I think Andre and Taker is going to be close, but I think we end up with a KO Taker final. I also think we're getting there. Yeah, I think that's, and I think we'll have Walter and Andre, which would be a hell of a match in the third place battle. A lot of chops. A lot of chops. Uh, so either way, I think this is going to be excellent. I'm not gonna lie. I hope that Walter does dethrone Kevin Owens just because we literally built this thing for Walter and he he, he hasn't won. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm hoping fucking Walter uh, could get past Kevin Owens. But the past two years, Kevin Owens has literally been an unstoppable juggernaut who can't lose. So until someone beats Kevin Owens, I can't pick against him. Yeah, that's true. I think it's going to be Owens' taker. What do you think? You think, you think it's going to be close? In the final? No, in like the se- in the fatal. Oh, I think both of these are going to be close. Yeah, so do I. I don't think we're going to see a blowout. I'm going to say Owens fifty five forty five, and I'm going to say Taker squeaks out of fifty one forty nine. I'm thinking Owens fifty three forty eight. Okay. I'm thinking Taker sixty forty. But oh, for sixty forty, okay. See, I think Taker and Andre is going to be closer than Walter and Owens. But ultimately, it's up to you, the fine listeners of the podcast, to determine who is going to the finals and who will be fighting for bronze. Um, so we all have the polls up, usually usually Tuesday. You're, you're the poll guy, so I think they usually go up Tuesday morning. Tuesday mornings, uh, two days before we would uh, end up recording. Yeah. And I think maybe we'll give everybody a week next time. I think, yeah. I think for the final, we gotta give got to give some time. Yeah. Have a decisive winner. So, yeah, that's the Mean Guy Classic 2 Bigger, Badder, Meaner update for the week. Only two more weeks left. We're, 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 we're closing. Seems like we went through that fast. We had a, had a lot of fun putting that tournament together. Yeah. So um, we'll, have to think of, we'll have to think of a way to make it even better next year. I don't know what the hell 128, guys. No, that's not <laughs> happening. That's not happening at all. I, 
Maybe we do a tag team tournament next year. I don't know. Maybe tag team or maybe we intertwine legends and... I think, yeah, that might be... Actually, that might be the next step. Seating, that's going to be tough, though. That's going to be a war, seating that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that might be the move, so... Thank you guys for all the support so far in the Mean Guy Classic. It's much appreciated. It's something that our dumbasses really enjoy putting together because, I don't know, we're weird. But, yeah. Coming up next, we'll talk about Backlash in the greatest wrestling match ever. So stick around with that and stay tuned. So Backlash will take place this Sunday, June 14th from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. The attendance will be geeks. And yeah, so far we have seven announced matches. I'd assume we probably get more on SmackDown tonight. But obviously, this is going up before SmackDown airs, so we don't know what will be added. We did hear about the Jeff Hardy Sheamus contract signing, and we're not going to spoil anything, but it sounds like a mega yikes. I guess I'll have to see how it plays out on TV. But let's get into the preview, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, yeah, I would say we're an audio podcast. You shaking your head yes. Yeah, no, no, let's do it. So let's start out with that aforementioned Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus singles match. Who you got and why? I know, I know it's obvious, but Sheamus. What? No, Jeff Hardy. Okay. Obviously. Okay. No way is he not winning that match. I mean, unless this is going to be a, a multi-month deal and like they really want to build that sympathy for Jeff. But you know what? I'd be okay with that too. I don't know this. This I know we talked about the storyline a little bit last week. This whole thing has kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Abandon it after this week. Yeah, shit, they're going all in. This make week. make it about wrestling after this if, if you're, you're going to continue that. Well, I mean, they're they're really they don't really have a choice because all that's left is a fucking match. Yeah, it was the go home angle. Yeah, the go home angle was a piss test. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. I'm also going Jeff Hardy. Um, see, this feud could have been something fun, and they just kind of did this instead. I don't. I don't know. But if it continues, get away from this. Yes. You know. Yeah. If it continues, make it about wrestling because they're both excellent wrestlers, and it's a match I kind of want to see. To be honest with you. So let's now move to the Raw Women's Championship. We have Asuka defending against Nia Jax. Asuka. By a mile. Yep, I also have Asuka. And I don't mean this as a slight to Nia Jax, although I kind of do. I just want to get this match over with because there's so much talent in the Raw Women's division that Asuka could be working with. Like, fucking, I think a lot of people have forgotten that fucking Bianca Belair is in this fucking division. Yeah. I want Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Me too. Give it to me. Give it to me. So... Let's get let's get through with the Nia thing, and then let's have Asuka move on to something. Asuka and Shayna would kick ass. Yeah. The two longest reigning NXT women, women's champions. Like, there's there's a lot of options that they could go with. So, Asuka's going to win. Let's just move on from the Nia feud and get to something else. So, let's go next to a triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Bailey and Sasha Banks defending against Alexa and Nikki and the Iconics, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. Who you got and why? Uh, they're not losing these titles quite yet. I think Bailey and Sasha Banks hold on for at least another week. Yeah, I'm also going Bailey and Sasha. I think when when they lose these titles will be the what causes Sasha to turn on Bailey. And this is one that's been noted that they're saving for fans. So we don't even know when this this is another one of those accidental WWE great long-term storylines that wasn't supposed to be long-term, but due to circumstances, is now turned into long-term. Just like Daniel Bryan, just like Kofi Mania, this is becoming another one where it's like, it wasn't supposed to go down like this, but goddamn, the way it's going down is good. Bailey is a heel. I, I Love it. 
the praise I give Britt Baker as a heel doubles down with Bailey because Bailey was getting stale as like the hugger baby face, and when when Bailey first turned heel, kind of like Gargano, I wasn't buying it. But Bailey's been awesome. No, she it took her a little bit, to but get, I yeah. think she has her hands on the character now, and I love the character. Yeah, Bailey and Michael Cole might be my favorite feud of the quarantine era. Um, so yeah, I'm also going Bailey and Sasha. Um. So let's move on to the United States Championship on the line. Apollo Crews defends against Andrade. Who got and why? Apollo Crews, I think he's uh, been on the level for a big push for a while now. And he's just going to continue on beating Andrade. It's a big win, beating the former champ. Yeah. Um, I also think Apollo Crews is going to win. But I'm concerned on where Andrade goes from here. Um, they're teasing a split with Zelina and Angel. Which, like I said, a year from now, you could do no problem but like right now i'm 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 scared of andrade on his own i don't think it's it's quite that time yet and andrade is a guy who at the beginning of the year it seemed like he was destined to, for superstardom but he's kind of he got suspended even after that yeah. they didn't take the title after him he came back he, he was in like a mini feud with mcintyre over on raw and then he lost to apollo which is fine you know he wasn't gonna hold the u.s title forever but it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes from here I also think Apollo retains. I think Paul Heyman sees something in Apollo. So, I don't know. I'm This is one I'm very curious about because I want to see where both guys go after this. So, up next, a two-on-one handicap match for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defends against both The Miz and John Morrison. Who you got and why? The Miz and Morrison. Really? Yes. Dead, dead serious? Yes. It's like, super, super serious? Yes. Explain, please. I just don't think this title goes anywhere on Braun. Picking The Miz and Morrison. I'm picking Braun. I just, I don't see how they do the co-champ thing. Like, I think they've teased this so many times. I'd like the guys who'd be coaching. Eventually, they're eventually going to do it. So it's going to be this time. I mean, John Morrison is world champion. I wouldn't mind at all. But this whole storyline has been awful. Yeah, well, just get it, it off, Braun. Go, go to Miz versus Morrison. So, you, so, you, so you'd have Miz and Morrison win, and then you'd have Miz feud with Morrison. Yeah. I can't think of anything I'd want to see less. Miz and Morrison are going to win this title. <laughs> they are not. They are. They absolutely are. Will it be the greatest wrestling? Will it be the greatest handicap match of all time? Absolutely. Okay. No. No doubt about it. Okay. Not even. Not even my mind. I'm going Braun Strowman. I mean, he got slimed. He got his car destroyed. They fucked up his protein shake. Those are fighting actions. Uh, they're gonna get these hands, and then Braun's gonna win, and hopefully Roman can just come back and beat him already. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Not excited about that one, if I'm being honest. Neither am I. But something I shockingly am very excited about. Drew McIntyre defends the WWE Championship against Bobby Longtights. Who you got and why? McIntyre, of course. But watch it for being a match of the night. Yeah, um, MVP has been the injection uh, that Bobby Lashley has needed. He is Lana and Leo Rush put together. Yes. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It doesn't, but I know what you mean. No, I'm saying, but he's everything... He doesn't lack what each of those lacks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He has the ability. He knows the business. And I think uh, MVP is great for Bobby. I think it's going to be a great match. But I think I don't think Drew, that title is coming off Drew this calendar year. So Drew has to keep this title until he get fans back. That's yeah. like that's the big question. How are the fans going to react to Drew as champion? And he was super over as a babyface before COVID struck. So I'd assume he'd get a great reaction once, once we get fans back. But it's one of those things where like you really never know until we get fans back. So... I don't think this title goes anywhere off of Drew until until we get fans back. I could see there being some controversy here and this feud extending another month to Extreme Rules. And then 
maybe them doing something in Extreme Rules again. Um, but I don't think this title goes off Drew either. Nope, not, not in this calendar year. And then the moment we've all been waiting for. The greatest wrestling match of all time. Edge versus Randy Orton. Who you got? Why? And will it be the greatest wrestling match of all time? So we got three-parter here. I got Orton. Because in the no fans era, just let them go to a third one. Yes. Don't, don't need to waste any matches in front of no fans. That's why. And yes, it will be the greatest match ever. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it's the greatest wrestling match of all time. I just don't think it's possible. Like I hope it's the greatest wrestling match of all you time. You just watched Omega and Okada. But can you see... Yes! You can see a 40-year-old Orton and a 46-year-old Edge top. Give me, there. give me, give me... Give... Give me the give me the four body stop over the V trigger. <laughs> give You're me not serious right now at all. <laughs> give me the executioner <laughs> over the V or, or, or over the rainmaker. I can't even go with like the spear. You want the fucking give me the give me edge of spear with 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 the hair turn over the tombstone. <laughs> and give me the, the the top rope the middle rope DDT over the one wing angel. What do you think about the psychology of them starting at a last man standing match and going to a straight singles? That's why I don't know if Orton's going to win because what's next? Yeah, that's kind of that's that's. But I but would you would you do you want to waste any of Edge's matches that he has the maybe 10, 12 matches this guy has left in his life that in front of no fans? No, that's why I'm baffled that they're doing this on a B show in front of no fans. Like I'm. When they first announced this, I was baffled. Yeah. Like, this makes no sense. But I think Orton's going to win. Um, I agree. I think Orton's going to win. And I think they are going to go to a third one. And I understand why Edge's first feud was with Orton. Like, when you're gone nine years, you want your first, like, singles match back to be with someone you trust. Who's good and who you can trust. And while I'm not a fan of going from a last man standing to a straight singles, at least they made it make sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, Orton said, Edge, you were the better man, but I'm the better wrestler. Yeah. So, at least they made it make sense and no it will not be the greatest wrestling match of all time i doubt it'll even be the greatest wwe match of all time but i don't know Meltzer said it was filmed already and it was supposedly pretty good so we'll see we'll see how it goes um but that's backlash on a scale of one to ten what is your excitement level for the show seven i'm kind of at a five for this and i'm excited that there's wrestling on sunday night again especially in this era where there's absolutely nothing else on right now but looking at this card on paper I was a lot more excited before I just went over this card than I am after we went over this card. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Because, like, not the strongest card in the world. Um, But we we supposedly have a kick-ass Brian and Styles match tonight. Maybe they'll add a rematch for Sunday or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, I'm shocked they haven't added Raiders and and fucking Profits. I I guess they're just going to keep playing fucking children's games for three more months. I'm okay with it. I am too, but eventually it has to lead to a match, and like I don't know what they're waiting for. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Especially when your tag team division is already widely considered a joke. Yeah, but I don't know. I digress. Um, I'm excited. I'm always excited when there's wrestling on, so I'll be tuned in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with a review of Backlash. But uh, Mike's gonna get some plugs in here, and we'll be right back with that. So, thank you for listening to another episode of Champions Advantage. Me and Tony, thank you gratefully. Hope everybody's safe and healthy out there. Uh, and positive, too. The last couple of years, or the last couple of months, feels like years, uh, happened, on, happened on the mind as well as the bodies. Uh, 
But we'd like to thank you for appreciating the entire Turnbuckle Topics Network at TT underscore the number four, the letter U on Twitter. Uh, and they have us at Champions Pod on Tuesdays. Follow us. We're funny and cool, I think. At Kuda underscore Junior adds our boy Gil with Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio. It comes out on Monday, 6 p.m. CBS Sports Radio Baltimore and a podcast released everywhere later in the week. On Wednesdays, you have Bearded Chris P. He's the number one impact guy. In the world, I think, uh, he's out of California and just a good friend of ours. Uh, Ron and Linz are on Thursdays. Uh, at Linz Bionis X, check out our Etsy shop. She does excellent work. And at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. See ya.